Welcome to the Heavy Duty Parts Report. This podcast is presented by the Heavy Duty Consulting Corporation and hosted by our CEO, Jamie Irvin. At the Heavy Duty Consulting Corporation, we work with manufacturers, distributors, and repair shops who want to grow their business. Do you have a problem that you would like some help with? We have developed fault codes for heavy duty parts businesses, just like they have for commercial trucks. Find out how many fault codes your business has and how you stack up against dozens of other heavy-duty parts businesses. Head to heavydutyconsulting.com and schedule a meeting with us today. All right, let's start this episode. You're listening to the Heavy-Duty Parts Report. I'm your host, Jamie Irvin, and this is the show where you get expert advice about the heavy-duty parts you buy and sell and keep you informed about what's happening in the industry. Do you want to save money on fuel? We're excited to announce that we have another giveaway, and this time it comes from Ecofins. Now, Ecofins are a vortex generator that creates a drag reduction system that lowers your fuel consumption. Go to heavydutypartsreport.com to sign up and start saving fuel today. After treatment is one of the largest expenses that a fleet has. In fact, it is the number one expense now. Buying parts that lower cost per mile is essential to the long-term success of a fleet. You've heard me repeat that over and over again. What should those that buy and sell after-treatment products consider when they have to make that decision? In this episode, we are going to expand the conversation we've already had on the show about after-treatment systems, and today I'd like to introduce you to a new guest. Scott is the Vice President of Commercial Diesel Products at Global Emissions Systems. Scott, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Jamie. Thanks for having me. It's really great to have you here. A few weeks ago, we did a live broadcast together. It turned out great. I really enjoyed that conversation. I want to keep the conversation going. This is such an important subject. We've got to talk about it. Scott, you sell DPF filters. What is the most important thing someone who sells DPF filters needs to know? Well, Jamie, kind of to pick up where we left off on our last conversation, it really is about the system. And, and I think the mistake that most outside part salespeople make is really addressing it as a component. You have to address it as a system. And if you address it as a system, then uh, you can actually help the fleet reduce their cost per mile. Right. So we're not just looking at the product. We're looking at where the product fits in the overall system, what it does, and then We have to look at the entire system. Otherwise, we're going to miss things and it's going to cost more because we're going to have unscheduled downtime. Now, can you tell me more about DOCs? Maybe go into a little more description of what that product is. I think a lot of people right away, they they kind of intuitively know, okay, it's a filter when they say DPF. What's a DOC? What do we need to know about selling DOCs? So that's a great question because I think it's, it's widely misunderstood at the fleet level. I like to think of it, if you remember to our childhood, the cigarette lighter in a car. You push it in, pull it out, it's red hot, right? They're usually made of either a metal substrate or a cordierite substrate, and their PGM loadings are significantly higher than what's in the DPF. Their role in this whole system is to really generate enough heat through a catalytic reaction with diesel fuel in order to reduce the amount of soot in a a filter down to ash. So what happens is a DPF fills, and and then it goes into regen, and it reduces, and it fills, and it reduces, fills, and reduces, and eventually it has to be cleaned. The lifespan of a DOC is considerably longer than that of a DPF due to its nature that it's a filter. But 
here's the big but. When DOCs actually are reduced in functionality, the fleet has no solid way of knowing it. And so it becomes a bit of a, a paradox, a conundrum. Really, the fleet needs to be looking at their regeneration cycles. And if they're, if they're doing a lot of active regens, forced into you know, pulling off the road, hitting the button, making sure it's going on, or even derated, it's typically around the DOC. And so what the DOC does is it, it has a chemical reaction with pressure and volume, as we discussed in, in, the, in the previous uh, conversation. And, and its job is really heat up the system and get, get the catalytic reaction done. Okay, so I'll make sure that there's a link in this episode back to our previous discussion. So anybody who wants to go back and get a little bit of history there and, and listen into what we talked about, they can do that. Let's talk a little bit about where we're going in the future. There is a target for 2027, and I'd like to know more about that and kind of explain to me kind of how that's going to impact the after-treatment sector. Absolutely. And there's going to be a significant impact. We don't necessarily understand what it is yet. Again, in our previous discussion, we talked about the government actually soliciting comments from the industry in order to set a new regulation for 2027. Uh, what's different than what happened previously is in late in the 90s, early in the 2000s, they set a 10-year plan. And it was very clear. You just have to hit these values. The difference now is we're only seven years away from the next tier, let's say. And there is no clear definition yet of, of what they want to do other than they want, they want to reduce NOx gases by another 90%. If you go from a pre-2010 engine to now, there's been essentially an 83% reduction in, in NOx gases and a 90% reduction in particulate matter. So they want to take that even lower. And some of the problems that you face, if you actually are weird like me and you do some research, the numbers are all over the board. And so there's a famous quote about statistics, right, from Mark Twain. Some are lies and damn lies and the others are statistics. And so it really depends on what you read. The clear answer right now is there is no clear answer. We know that they are talking about potentially putting an SCR catalyst on the turbo, so as early upstream as you can possibly get, as well as the one that's currently downstream. On the OEM side, there is a, a desire to reduce the volume, because that's really where the cost of a DOC and a DPF come into play, and an SCR as well. Because if you have a big volume, you have a lot of substrate, you have a lot of loading, you have, you know, so anytime you add more platinum to something, just imagine what it costs. Um, so if I can reduce my volume and still achieve the EPA regulations, then everybody wins because you actually pay less for that product. And so some manufacturers have, uh, some OEMs have been successful at doing that, some not so much. I love that you worked into the conversation on Mark Twain quote. I love Mark Twain. I also like the philosopher Homer Simpson, who said 72% of all statistics are made up on the spot. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You know, when I, when I listen to you talk about this and I listen to where we're going, first of all, as a society, because we want to protect the long-term future of, of our planet and for future generations, but then the way that it impacts the industry that we specifically are in. And I think to myself, like I was a sales rep up until the end of 2019, I was selling aftermarket parts. If I was still in the sales game selling parts, I would be paying very close attention to this and I would be learning as much as possible about this subject, anything related to emissions and diagnostics as a wider subject, because that's going to help provide your customers with real value because they're going to be just as lost as everybody else in how to cope with all of this. So Jamie, how do you as an outside part salesperson differentiate yourself from everybody else? Oh, I, I start off with a box of donuts and then I give them the lowest price I can possibly give right up front. 
And, uh, and then when they say that that's still not good enough, I, I go back to my sales manager and I lower my cost more. That's absolutely what you don't do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So what do we, what should we do? If you were a fly on the wall at a fleet garage on any given weekday, you would see every dealership and every independent sales guy come through on their, on their route. Right. And that's what they do. It's a confined space. There's only 10 to 20 possible companies that are calling on that individual fleet. Some of them have a lot of the business. It's a Pareto distribution. If I'm trying to emerge with a fleet, how do I differentiate our company, our products? You have to be an expert in something. You have to have 10 times more the knowledge than they do about a specific thing. And again, we talked about how salespeople have a tendency to walk over fan clutches and DPFs and DOCs and and other things in order to sell a drum. So really the cagey, smart people that know what they believe can find a way. And and it doesn't have to be after treatment systems. It could be any other system. Um, Now, the dealerships are a different animal because they have a lot of captive parts. You can only come to me and get these parts. And so therefore, their cost is a premium, especially if you're in the marine market, by the way. (laughs) If it's on a boat, it's even worse. So really, what I try to help our customers do with their sales teams is really understand how they can be different than everyone else. One of the things that I did the company that I worked for last didn't sell after treatment products. So I, I never did sell after treatment. But one of the things I did with MGM spring breaks, this was such a great way of selling that product. I walk in and I had a little notepad in my hand and I simply asked the customer, what do you buy him? How often do you change that product? And I did the math in front of them of what the cost per mile would be over a four-year period, which is the lowest warranty that the MGM Spring Break has. And then I showed them that if they spent three times as much on the first purchase over that four-year period, I showed them how much they would save. And it, would, it worked out to around $750 an axle. And then I would just ask them to look out into their yard and do the math. And then I would shut up. Because there'd be sometimes there'd be 30 pieces of equipment in the yard, but, but there'd be 70 out in the field. You could see the, the, like the wheels turning and they would look out in the yard and they'd be like, holy smokes. And they would switch right then and there. And I never talked about features. I never talked about, I didn't even talk about what the product was. I didn't talk about anything. I just said, let's do some math. Look at this, right? So if, if you could, if you can come up with a way of adapting that approach. It's, it's the principle here. Go in and show, demonstrate value. People are going to buy your products. They will, but also you, you, you can't be insincere or wrong. Yeah. The math has to make sense. There's very smart people running these fleets and the ones that pick up on it, get it. And the ones that don't, don't. A second layer to what we were just talking about is I try to tell my outside part sales guys or people is, is that really look for people with problems. Like if you call on a guy and he's like, yeah, I don't have any issues. Well, don't worry about him, right? He's got, no, he's got no impulse or reason to find a solution. What we're looking for are people that need solutions. And if we can find them, which we can, then you can actually take your knowledge that you, you have from covering an entire continent experience-wise and then apply it to them and really give them value that helps their business be better. It's that easy. You're listening to the Heavy Duty Parts Report. I'm your host, Jamie Irvin. We've been speaking with Scott Boltz from Global Emissions Systems. We've been speaking about selling after-treatment parts, but we're going to shift gears a little bit. We're going to start talking about it from the perspective of the people who have to buy these parts, independent repair shops, fleets. Scott, what are the three most important things you really need to consider when you're talking about buying after-treatment parts? 
you could break that down pretty easily. There was a very wise customer that I had in Wisconsin that told me one time, and I love this, I wanted to make it a bumper sticker. He said, he who has it wins. And so availability is really key. And so if, if you're attached to a particular brand, how fast can they get you the product? That sounds like a simple concept, but it's actually very complex and very expensive. So if you shove millions of dollars of product into many warehouses throughout a certain territory, you have to be able to stomach that capital investment in order to prime the pump to keep everything going. Because at the end of the day, second thing is you want it to be easy, right? And so you eliminate, manufacturers have a great affinity for creating policies that are essentially bad for the customer at times. And so we try to prevent uh, ourselves from doing that. Easy warranties, easy freight, easy, all this stuff, I can just get it to you. He who has it wins. So availability is number one. Second is price. Price is a tricky game. And and I really appreciate one of your previous podcasts that talks about that. And that's why I've always been, and that's how I found you was, I've been a big advocate for cost per mile analysis. Because if I can demonstrate to you that it's better to invest for the long term, then why don't you do it? And so that's really the second thing. And then the third thing really is you have availability, you have cost. The last thing is kind of like touchy-feely, right? Does it fit? Does it work? Do I have to worry about it? I don't want our customers to have to worry about the product that they just put on their truck. And so many times when we're making fleet calls, like I've, I've been in fleets and, and the guy will say, this truck is six months old. It's regening like every two days. What's going on? The third thing is really that we add value to help them solve their problems. And again, at the end of the day, when, when they do need a product, I hope they look to us because we care about their, their entire business, not just selling them our product. You know, it's interesting when you talk about that because we before we were talking about how to sell this stuff. And I hope that people who sell these parts are still listening because as you describe all of the factors that a person who buys those products needs to consider, the availability of the product is important, but there's all those other factors, right? We used to use an expression, every company has a sales prevention department, right? We always are our own bottlenecks in some way. And if you can figure out as a person who supplies a product or a service, what those bottlenecks are, and remove them and make it easy for your customers to do business with you. Like you say, you cover off those important things, warranties, returns, making sure that things are, are just processed properly, delivered on time, the right part, the first, all that stuff. If you can do that effectively, you're going to increase your revenue with your customers. It's just a byproduct of doing things the right way. And exactly, you said byproduct, and that's exactly right. We, back to uh, Mr. Sinek again. The revenue is a byproduct. So we know why we're doing what we're doing. We understand that clearly. We adhere to it religiously. The success that follows that is just the result. So we were talking about Simon Sinek, who's an author. He wrote a book called Start With Your Why, I think it was called. Start With Why. Start With Why, yeah. And then there's a follow-up book as well. Find, find Your Why. Yeah, great reads. Not written by him. It's written by uh, two of his colleagues. But he has Leaders Eat Last, which is derived from the Marine Corps leadership that I grew up under. So I'm very fond of that. And he's got other books about millennials and, and a lot of things. What's something about DPFs, DOCs, SCRs that maybe the average person doesn't know? Well, outside of their general function and, and the, the general chemistry around it, they're not that difficult. They're not that hard to understand. Really, again, this, this may seem like a theme, but we have to look at the systems. We really have to look at everything else. And so the lead type nature, we, we, we talked a little bit about redline uh, detection. Those machines are invaluable. They cost a few thousand dollars. And if you can prevent your DPFs from failing, your DOCs from failing, what a savings. Fleets that do their own maintenance should, every one of them should have one of these machines. And again, I'm not an advocate for the company. I'm I'm not getting any commission. I just believe so hard. Like if I can help them find their problems in advance, then, then the value is shown. 
I, I hate to keep falling back on the same theme, but it's, it's really that simple. At the end of the day, that's what's important. Emphasis or repetition for emphasis, right? We just want to make sure people understand that. Let's leave people with one thing. So oftentimes people remember what we say last. What's one thing you want listeners to take away from our conversation today? Well, I think that treating your after-treatment system as a system first, and secondly, doing preventive maintenance schedules, A, Bs, and Cs, on those systems will prolong the life of your products. And that's the big takeaway. If you can identify sensor failures, if you can, like the MAF sensor, there's, there's all these things in place that, that can actually negatively affect. We want your trucks to regen less. You use less fuel, you have less downtime. All this is related to cost of mile. Increase uptime and decrease downtime by, by actually paying attention to this as a system. You've been listening to the Heavy Duty Parts Report. I'm your host, Jamie Irvin. We have been speaking with Scott Boltz, who's the Vice President of Commercial Diesel Products at Global Emissions Systems. If you'd like to learn more about their company, go over to dpfxfit.com. Links are in the show notes. Scott, thank you for being on HDPR today. Jamie, it's a pleasure talking to you. Thank you for your time. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Heavy Duty Parts Report. I'm your host, Jamie Irvin, and i just like to remind everyone to focus on cost per mile and <laughs> let's keep those trucks and trailers rolling. HDA Truck Pride is the heart of the Independent Parts and Service Channel. They have 750 parts stores and 450 service centers conveniently located across the U.S. and Canada. Visit heavydutypartsreport.com slash HDA Truck Pride today to find a location near you. Again, that's heavydutypartsreport.com slash HDA Truck Pride and let the heart of the Independent Service Channel take care of your commercial equipment.